0: Hey, this is Mike Vergiglia, and you're listening to PF's tape recorder, which is one of the better tape recorders.
1: Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Jimmy Pardo.
0: I did, in fact, I meant to uh, to, to uh, email you about it uh, because I did think about you when I was there. It was um, OMD, Psych First, Belinda Carlisle, who else was on it, Colin Hay,
1: Berlin, The Fix, and one other band whose name I can't pull. And it was a great show. And as I'm sure you've already guessed, lots of 80s music talk and baseball talk coming your way. Uh, we have a dumb bit coming up here in a minute. Song of the week is from Camilla Cabello, a-, a woman I assured you after she left Fifth Harmony, I assured you after her song with Machine Gun Kelly that you would never hear from her again. And, uh, well, uh, Crow doesn't taste too bad, boys and girls. Uh, I already like her new track. Uh, I'll explain on the other side uh, when we get to the end of the program about that. But first, let's get to that dumb bit. It's been a, a pretty challenging week here in the United States with, with the events going on in Las Vegas. So I didn't, want, didn't really want to do anything uh, political. Uh, I thought I'd do something about sports, uh, which I kind of had in mind before any of this even happened. And it's not the sports issue that's getting wrapped up in politics or anything like that. This is a separate sports issue. It uh, came to my attention a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, uh, being from Cleveland, obviously. And uh, Kyrie Irving, I uh, guess probably our second best player, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Asked it to be traded, and he was indeed traded uh, to the Boston Celtics. And uh, I forget who even got in return. Um, Isaiah Thomas's kid, I think, or something like that. I don't even know. It shows you how closely I follow the Cavaliers, but I do follow them. And uh, anyway, the the point of it was is that people got really upset with Kyrie Irving, and uh, I thought that was very strange because um, it was not this past season, but the season before that, of course, where the Cavaliers won a championship. And the two key moments in that game seven of them winning the championship, uh, with the game tied, it's I think it's, it's uh, 89 to 89, three minutes ish left. I believe the Cavs miss a shot. LeBron runs down and blocks a shot by the uh, by the Golden State Warriors by not just knocking it out of the air. He comes up behind. I forget who was about to do the layup, but wasn't uh, Stephon Curry. It was the other fellow.
0: Hey, Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James, LeBron James with the rejection.
1: And he hits the backboard and slams the ball into the backboard and the ball rolls off the backboard, that's it. Well, the very next play, this happens.
0: Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown, and the Cavaliers by three.
1: Yes, Kyrie Irving drills a three and that pretty much puts it out of reach. For the Warriors, and that essentially, but those two things uh, are are what win the game. Okay, so Kyrie Irving has as just about as much to do with the championship as LeBron James. Of course, there's a team effort; the entire team does. but what I'm saying is that the two biggest cogs in that machine are Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. So I don't see how you hate Le, uh, Kyrie Irving. I was about to say LeBron James because people are about to hate him. Uh, how you hate Kyrie Irving, and there's talk about burning jerseys. So he doesn't have to do anything else ever for you, Cleveland. That's it. He held, And even if the Indians, you know, fingers crossed, go on to win the World Series, uh, you know, looking good after game one, let's, you know, keep hope it, it stays that way. But even if the Indians won a World Series, I mean, th- those guys did what nobody has done in my lifetime, literally, literally. They won a championship and a major pro sport, so... Uh, LeBron will probably be gone at the end of the season. He'll probably go to Los Angeles, and a, a buddy of mine at work was saying he can't wait for the LeBron game to start. But we're both like, he doesn't have to do anything else. He did the one thing he had to do. If he could do it again, that'd be super. But he doesn't have to do anything else, ever. He's done his job. You should not be thinking about it. You should, you should be putting a, a LeBron jersey up in your house, if you're a Cleveland sports slash Cavaliers fan. And no matter what he does, he could go on TV again and make some silly announcement like he did when he went to Miami. And it's, he, he can do it. He can do anything he wants. He could be like Trump almost. He could he could shoot a guy in the street and still get votes. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, I think people being a little bit harsh uh, on the, some of our sports heroes and being a little ungrateful for that matter. So I thought I'd throw that at you. Not politics, more to do with sports. Speaking of sports uh, and 80s music, uh, let's talk to Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy Pardo was a stand-up comedian originally from the south side of Chicago, and he got his mom out just in time, and we'll discuss that in a little bit. Here in our interview with Jimmy Pardo. I'm very good. Good to hear from you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for talking to me. No problem. Um... I trust you'll be heading out to Anaheim this afternoon to watch the streaking Cleveland Indians take on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim.
0: Uh, I will not be doing that. I have to <laughs> record a podcast. But uh, uh, I, I, as I said to my friend Bean of the radio show Kevin and Bean, I don't care who your team is. If you can't be excited about what the the Indians did and then to a lesser extent what the uh, the Diamondbacks did, you, you don't like baseball.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: clearly. And uh and I love baseball right now, probably because my team is doing so well. But still, it's uh, it's been an exciting year so far.
0: All right, so what? They, they, j- just uh, because uh, I'm sleeping, just woke up. They did 22 in a row, correct? 22. And then what, like 25 out of 26 or something yes, like that? Or what yes, is it?
1: they won last night. Yeah, uh, 25 out of 26. We had the good fortune of seeing them uh, break the streak Friday night in Cleveland. My wife and I drove Oh, you up. were there? Yeah, yeah, we were there for that. But still had a blast. It was so fun. Yeah,
0: and it wasn't it again? I'm, I'm groggy. It was like a two to one ball game, or Is that to three to
1: two. Four to correct? Four to three. Yeah. Four, four to three. Yeah. The Royals. Uh, the Royals who played them tough, by the way. Uh, yeah, made a game of it, and uh, were able to eke out that win. But it was still like a playoff atmosphere there. Um, I would imagine. That yeah, had to be yeah. Really exciting. It was. It was great. Um, and, and as uh, our play-by-play, the great Tom Hamilton says, uh, "You will have an October to remember, Cleveland." So hopefully that's the case. Well, I hope so for uh, for your sake. I hope it is too.
0: Of course, as a uh, child of Chicago, who's a White Sox fan, I'm still I still root for the Cubs. Oh, sure. And so maybe we'll see another Cub-Cleveland uh, interaction.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, uh, that'd be a nice rematch. I think people would really enjoy that. Um, I think so
0: too. It'd be neat.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the last. Didn't? Hmm. I'm trying to remember. Did the Royals and the Cardinals meet twice in a row, or am I misremembering that? Cause I remember the Royals went twice, lost the first time, won the second time. Uh, but who did they
0: play? That's a great question. I know it was the Cardinals oh, yeah.
1: was one of them, I think. I couldn't tell for a million dollars. Yeah. yeah, but I, it's 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 so funny how I usually forget that stuff. I guess my team isn't in it. Uh, I'm yeah. not as invested, but uh, I was happy for the Royals that year too. Similar story. Uh, they had a great team that year.
0: They did. It. It, what's funny about I end up rooting, and I'm sure you're the same way. It, uh, it's like to be excited for the Royals, like. The roof for the underdog, it's like, well, there was a time they weren't the underdog. There was yes. a time
2: like in the 70s where oh,
0: they, yeah. you know, they were the model. They, and so it's weird, like almost like John Travolta, like he was at top of the world. Yeah. And then he makes a comeback, a raw all supporters. all oh, good, John Travolta's back. It's like, He's been fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, speaking of comebacks, I was curious if you, uh, when they were in town, if you did, in fact, go see OMD when they were there as part of that uh, retro 80s. Tour.
0: I did. In fact, I meant to uh, to uh, email you about it uh, because I did think about you when I was there. It was um, uh, OMD, Furs, Belinda Carlisle, um, who else was on it? Colin Hay, Berlin, The Fix, and one other band whose name I can't pull. And it was a great show.
1: Yeah. How many songs did each band get to do? Uh,
0: uh, it depended on the band. So, you know, early, uh, early in the set, they do like four to five songs, okay. and then... As you get to uh, it, it was the Psych Furs, then OMD, and then they did uh, much lengthier sets. Cool. Um, there you go. Now I know you're a huge OMD fan, Correct. but the truth be told, uh, the Psych Furs should have closed that show.
1: Uh, if it was only Andy and Paul, I can see that because the Andy and Paul OMD shows were just them and the and and Paul's Mac sitting on the computer. I've seen a lot of those shows on video on YouTube, and I can see where that's not as good. You want the uh, the Psych Furs, a full band, who I also love. Uh, I would agree with that. I could see them closing up that show. No matter how much Andy flails around the stage, you've got to have the, the uh, other two guys. Even though they don't do much, having the drummer there, uh, Nick Kershaw now, not Nick Kershaw, um, uh, it's Kershaw, but it's not Nick, it's Nick's the singer, um, and Martin Cooper. Even though they don't do a whole lot back there, having that band there I think makes for a better show. I don't know.
0: Well, I think they, uh, I think they were all three there. I, I, I might be wrong. I oh, think... was the full band? Okay. Um, Well, I mean, full band, again, is, is, like you say, there's a laptop, uh, a a keyboard, a laptop, and a drummer, and then, uh, uh, and he throws the bass on from time to time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, it was a Uh, different setup, because some, I know what we saw, Retro Futura, uh, some of the, like, Paul Young and Katrina shared a band, and then the English Beat borrowed part of the band, but also brought their own sax player and own drummer. It was really weird, but that was a great tour uh, as well.
0: Uh, what did you uh, so? You know, I saw that show as well. Um, and by the way, I was not—I uh, was not uh, uh, putting OMD down. Oh yeah, much. yeah. They, no, it's—they they, they just couldn't match the energy of the first. Right. Fight for yeah, them. yeah.
1: Which I think they could have, if again they did brought their full full set. When they do shows like that, it's uh, when they can't bring everything, it, it does tend to seem to suffer. We saw them open for uh, Bare Naked Ladies, and they were terrific. I was very happy with that performance.
0: I wonder. You know, I, the other problem is I just don't think they have enough hits to keep uh, the audience, um, to keep their interest. I mean, oh, especially I- after you, you just saw, you know, the Psych Furs and Bob and right. the Carlyle and the Fix, where every song is like, oh, oh my I God, I this dis- was a hit.
1: I disagree, because when we saw them both Bare Naked Ladies, the crowd was way more into it than I thought. And Andy himself said, are you at the point now where you're thinking, I didn't realize they did all these songs. And, you know, they did all the American hits, So In Love, Secret, If You Leave, of course, Forever Live and Die.
0: Yeah, and especially I, in Los well, Angeles, I'm
1: surprised because I'm I'm sure people in Los Angeles know even more songs than people in Cincinnati do.
0: I uh, listen these as you probably noticed at the Rex with There's a lot of ironic attending. There's a lot of yeah. nostalgia uh, attending. Yeah. Where you know you're there for the event more than you are the band, so you may not enjoy a uh, one of them at all. Like the guy next to me didn't enjoy most of it. He, yeah. You know, if it wasn't something that he had heard on the radio in the last four minutes, he didn't, you know, <laughs> he didn't care at all. Um, but the retroverture, what did you think? What, uh, and that was what, Howard Jones?
1: Yep, he closed. Uh,
0: English Beat. Yep. Um,
1: Katrina, who, Paul Young. Men Without Hats.
2: Men Without Hats. Modern English. Oh, and
0: Modern English. Yeah. Now, on that show, I thought that uh, English Beat stole the show. Yes. I thought oh they my were God. Amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw my review on pop culture beast, but um, I was I thought it odd that Men Without Hats was between English Beat and Howard Jones, but I reasoned that it's because they have a similar setup in the fact that it's it's all keyboards yeah. uh, that they had to put Men Without Hats there, and they tweeted back to me after that random pop culture beast said, "You are exactly right. That's exactly why." Now, to Ivan's credit. He comes out and does the seven inch version of Safety Dance, does yes. a couple other singles, closes with the twelve inch brilliant. Well played Mr. Dora Chuck. Because there's no other way because English beat almost blew him off the stage. And he came out and he did a good job. He held his own. People were saying, hey, these and he sounded good and uh, sonically I think they were great. I think, I think they're great. I think
0: they're a lot of fun. I've seen them a bunch of times over the past uh, five or six years on part of those package stores. Yeah. I always feel sad for the band that has to do the hit twice. It, yeah, it yeah. kind of makes me feel sorry for them, like because then, at that point, they, once they go into it the second time, they're kind of like a joke to the people that aren't really yeah. in tune to what's happening. And yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, they had to do their song a second time. It's like, well, they didn't. They chose to.
1: Yeah. I think he could have started with the message and just left, and he could have brought in. He has a couple other songs under his belt. He could. There a lot. The pop goes the Roll album. I think. Uh, Till Tuesday was uh, was was a minor hit, but I mean, yeah. and uh, uh, I like was Antarctica. So there's some tunes you could have thrown in there that he would have been perfectly fine with. But I figured, you know, like you said, coming off of the English Beat, who just totally blew the roof off the place. Uh, I think he was kind of stuck, and then the d- stupid local DJs came up. I like, guess everybody ready to do the safety dance? Oh, for God's sake. Now you're really putting I'm Ivan wrong. in a hole.
0: <laughs> right. uh, and what, uh, now early on in the show on that, um, yes. I, and I did not read your review, uh, yes, uh, Katrina Opens, yes. then Paul Young, yes. and then, uh, like you say, English, uh, modern, English. modern English. English, yep. English. Um, what do you think of that uh, trio?
1: Uh, I, uh, Katrina, I always forget that she's got. Well, first of all, for legal reasons, she can't be Anne the Waves. I don't know if Kimberly Rue right. is some kind of legal thing in there, but she has to be Katrina, formerly of Katrina and the Waves, which is just weird to me. But she did all so the bizarre. hits. Yeah, she did all the hits. Uh, that one from the 90s, to, and of course, Walking on Sunshine and Going Down to Liverpool. Um, when we saw her in Cleveland, she ran her mouth so much that it shortened the sets of the other people. And they were already now oh, late getting in. Yeah, yeah, they were late getting into Cleveland because the bus had broken down. So, Majora oh had to cut his set short, China Crisis had to cut their set short. Oh, it was a mess. But she was very succinct this time. Told the story of the band, played the songs, uh, she was really good. And then she came, Paul Young came out and, of course, shared the same band. And uh, he was really good. And then he later tweeted that he didn't realize people wanted to hear, uh, I'm going to tear your playhouse down and wherever I lay my hat and some of his other, and oh, girl. So he said, I'll, I'll do this all next time for sure.
0: Yeah, I saw that tweet. Uh, I follow Paul on uh, Twitter and um Uh, my wife and I we had uh, I wore my Paul Young shirts from 1984 yes to the show and stood in the third we were in the third row and uh uh, it was great to see him again. It was uh, it was great to see him
2: again. Yeah,
1: and I always loved Every Time You Go Away. It's one of those songs where I really can't decide which version I like better because he added that great vocal hook in it, which is so brilliant. But then I love Daryl Hall's voice so much uh, that I just can't decide which version I like better. And I always tease my wife that says that's one of our songs, and she hates when I say that. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'll make that decision for you. And I'm a huge All The Notes fan. All right. uh, Paul Young. Paul you Young
1: here? is the answer. I can. I'm not going to argue with that. I can. I cannot formulate a good enough argument to refute that because I do love that vocal book. Yeah. that he really made it a uh, an even better song than it was. So
0: I loved his first two and even three albums. I would say are uh, the first two are flawless in my opinion. Paul yeah. Young's first two albums, and then uh, and Paul Young is a solo artist, not the Q-Tips and the nonsense before that. But, right. Right. Um, uh, and then uh, uh, the the third one, something, what is it, not after the fire, before the fire, a, yeah. in the fire?
1: Yeah, there's some fire. I, I was involved. confused it with
0: the Brian Adams title. Yeah. Um, darn it, I can't think of it. Anyway, that, that's a good album. And then, uh, then I think he got a little AOR-y, uh, not AOR, he got a little AC for me. He got a little, sure. you know, what he did, my, uh, you know, Oh Girl, the yeah. Shy Lights cover. And yep. Like, well, okay, now you're just using your voice. Go back to being, doing interesting songs with the voice.
1: Yeah, I, I hope my buddy Tony in Pittsburgh saw that show. He's not on social media, so I have no idea. But he's huge Paul Young fan, huge Modern English fan. Especially uh, oh, wow. few, after the Snow and Ricochet days, he played those albums a lot when we drove around in his car. So uh, I like they rolled out with Ink and Paper, which is my favorite song of theirs. And they had uh, the original band, except for the drummer, was the only guy that wasn't an original member. And they smashed it. And uh, uh, Dave Wakeling came out and sang, of course, Melt With You with them. And uh, so that was that was pretty fun.
0: Oh, that's neat. But yeah. anyway, you know, we saw the very first night of that tour, so I, I think the fun interaction between bands wasn't happening. I think they were oh, all, yeah. you know, uh, uh, very uh, sticking to their schedule and um, you know doing what needed to be done.
1: Yes, um, but it's, yeah, it's uh, when it comes around again next year. I highly recommend that to, to people if you're just mildly interested in the '80s music. It's a, it is a great show. And some people got well. Annabella Lewen instead of uh, Paul Young. I would have I, I wouldn't been mad about that. See her bopping around uh, the stage for twenty minutes? I would have been furious about that. <laughs> really? Oh, because I saw the set. Yeah. She, again, she did. She did the hit singles. Do you want to hold me? Well, I could do without. Without I want candy, but do you want to hold me? Aphrodisiac? Well, oh, man, and she still looks. She's she's still pretty.
0: Well, I, look. If she was part of the show, I'd enjoy it. Uh, I I literally spent that money for third row tickets to see Paul Young. That's, yes. Uh, yeah. I had seen all the other bands except for English Meat. I'd never seen. And so that was uh, neat to finally see them. Like I said, to me, they stole the show.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Without question. Um, so, comedy-wise, what's new? I think the last time we spoke, you had all kinds of projects in the works.
0: Uh, you know, we've still got all you know, that's all. all that stuff still happening. I still have the development deal with Conan, uh, Conan's company, and still trying to develop and sell TV shows. And uh, you know, Matt and I, uh, the Never Not Funny, we're doing a spinoff. Uh, there's a game show podcast coming out soon. Oh, neat. Um, That'll be, I think, in November. We we're Ooh. putting it together now, and that's uh, that's really all I could say about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be uh, on Airwolf, and uh, actually, it'll be on Stitcher Premium to start, uh, and then I think a week later then it goes out to the Airwolf. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but um, uh, yeah, we're doing a game show podcast. Where, it's, it, but it's like a, it's a never-not funny, uh, you know, joint. If I could use that phrase, right. in that it, it's very much. A fun, loose. There's a game, but the game is incidental to the fun
1: that's happening. In the okay. Studio. All right. So, sort of like at midnight, where it's.
0: Uh, yeah, probably not, even as, probably not even as structured as that.
1: But, uh, <laughs>
0: there you go. It's uh, you know, it's just basically pop culture Q and A. Right. It's, it's stupid fun and. Um, and uh, yeah, we're doing a six-episode uh, special run and. You know, we'll
1: see what happens. And I'm, I'm already stressing out now because it'll be another podcast I have to listen to. I, when I worked in Dayton for a year, I had an hour drive there and an hour back, so I was always caught up on the six shows that I am faithful to, including Never Not Funny and Rock Solid and Jackie Show and uh, Marin and that no problem. And now I'm I'm probably a good three four months behind on Never Not Funny.
0: Oh my God, uh, you you're gonna pick
1: it up! I know, right? But I, I have a six minute commute to work. I listen to when I, I'm going to work out after this interview, then that gives me a half an hour to make up some time. But it's not the same as having an hour commute both ways.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. But uh, but know this:
1: uh, we still badmouth Trump. That hasn't changed. <laughs> there you go. That hasn't changed with the six months that you're behind. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, and uh, and the dentist up in Minnesota, and uh, all your other favorites.
0: Uh yeah you know we, you know there's that stupid thing that we have the uh, you know that we call the never not funny curse where we mention an obscure person and they yes. you know they pass away within like a week. Mm-hmm. Um I think our joke about us uh, committing to voting for Donald Trump is the part of the curse where that backfired on us. Right. I think uh, <laughs> I think all of us going well yeah you know, we we have, we support the dentist we support uh, Doctor Bill Cosby we support. Uh, yeah. Uh, the woman down in Kentucky with the uh, the gay marriage license. And of course, we're all going to vote for Donald Trump. It's like, oh no, this one, this one hurt us. So
1: yeah, uh, it's there real, you have. I was thinking this morning, I don't know what might what might made this pop into my head, but about like, you know how unbelievable the, this the Trump presidency is. And I'm like it's kind of like that that movie where we finally do meet an alien race. And I'm thinking, why well, would you really because that's so far out? How would people really react to that? And that's kind of the reality right now. It's like, we have a reality TV star for a president. How do we react to that? It's just... Uh,
0: I, 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 <laughs> it seems not well is how we react yeah. to that. <laughs> um, you know, it's... Uh, I mean, every day is a different, uh, a different crisis. I, I don't think there's been one day where you don't turn on the news and go, you know, what's happening now, you know? No, it... Um, it would be nice to get back to some semblance of calm.
1: And that UN speech—I mean, everybody knew that was going to be uh, a train wreck. And my favorite is not only the guy face-palming, but Nikki Haley sitting with a look on her face like, "Please don't say anything stupid. Please don't say anything stupid."
0: Oh! I know. It's the look you see with uh, John Kelly. Just yeah, with, yeah. His, his hands and his, his head in his hands, like you gotta be kidding me. Oh my god. Ah, uh, it's it's like it's fascinating. It's like it's like they it's. They still, I think a lot of people still in that in that age range still think that it's 1973 and that there's not a camera or a video on them at all uh, times. It's <laughs> like John Kelly is captured every single time he's doing those. That. Yes.
1: That's so funny. Um, yeah. But it, but comedy, of course, a good way to get away from that. I, I imagine yeah. seeing you before, you don't really talk. I mean, you did that. You did the Sarah Palin story when we saw you the one time, but that's different. That's just a that's just a funny story. That's not really. Uh, although I, get, I think people can a thinly disguised covering of your of your leanings, but still, um, I imagine you're not talking about a lot about that on stage. Though it's probably more for the podcast and those kind of interactions.
0: I uh, I, I make a couple of references to it up front, and uh, and then I let it go. Um, you know, I'm kind of uh, 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 I'm, I contradict kind of what I do in the podcast, where it's like the podcast is about my life and it's about what's happening in my life, so I'm not going to stop talking about what's happening in the world, whereas the uh, stand-up, I think, they go and leave in their house, and they want to forget about stuff
1: for a while. So,
0: you know, I'll comment on it because that is what's happening in my life, but then at the same time, it's like, you know, let's talk about other stuff and have some fun that way.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Uh, But I still will touch on it. I I won't shy away from it. Sure. It's just I kind of made a decision to, you know, podcast, I could deal with that because that's the whole premise, and then the stand-up is you know, uh, what's happening in the moment right there.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. I've talked to a lot of folks, uh, guys and gals who are like, even though they never talked about political stuff or rarely talked, a lot of them say, I will do five or six minutes on it because how can you not? It is so in everybody's consciousness that it's like you look like an idiot if you don't mention it. And I think it's fascinating that people are that invested now, that people have maybe finally woken up or I think other people have woken up. I don't know.
0: I think, it, it, and when you say like they never talk politically, I, I don't know if we still are. I think it's so crazy. It's like it, it, it's like we're, you know you're talking about Russian spies and you're talking about espionage. It, it's like yes, it's real life, but it almost feels like we're talking about a movie. It doesn't yes. seem real. So I, I don't know if these comics are really talking politically as much as they are just talking again like almost pop culturally.
1: That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we you have a, a reality TV star. Uh, as president, so. As president,
0: yeah. Yes, it was ridiculous.
1: Yes, and I, I think now that the, the, the plot of the movie Dave yeah. with Kevin Klein doesn't look nearly as ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you know not even seen that in ages. What was the premise of that again? Uh, they had to get a, a guy that looked like the, the president took ill, and they couldn't. Oh, that's right. And there were some sensitive negotiations going on, maybe with the Russians, I don't know. Um, or somebody, and they so they couldn't reveal that he was ill, so they found a look-alike to take his place. And uh, and I think that would work out a lot better.
0: <laughs> oh, it sure would. What if uh, I can't? Say, I can never say his name, but uh, Anthony, whatever on Comedy Central. What if he all of a sudden just showed up and was uh, the president? Now what's the guy from the from the the, uh, the Trump Show, whatever that thing's called?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember who. Um, Anthony. I can't, remember. I can't say his last
0: name because my brain is stupid. Yeah. and won't, won't allow
1: me to say it. We don't have Comedy Central anymore, so we just we have to watch everything on the app, and uh, oh. it's kind of cumbersome. Um, yeah, but sure. that, that would be great if, uh, and, it, and it turns out he did a better job. <laughs> I think the premise probably, was Dave, a worse one. Right. The premise of Dave was he did a good job, a better job than people expected. Oh, he was great and he was charming and everything. And here it would be, I guess, and, and they would make movies all the time. That, I think somebody should, should get on this. I
0: think, you know what, you're right. And I think we've solved it right here. Let's we,
1: <laughs> just take it to the top. <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's uh, book some meetings on that, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, anything else that you are talking about on stage these days? Is it like you said before? You're, you've just got the the, the the laundry set, and then and you just you hang it, and it's just no matter of rearranging it, or?
0: Yeah, don't know. you know, I'm doing a thing this year called too called the uh, Questions and Crowdwork Tour, and depending on the venue, oh. um, I have people. I have the uh, the venue puts up a uh, sign at the uh, ticket counter uh, saying, "Hey, do is there you know a favorite Jimmy of story or bit that you want to hear? Do you, or do you have a question? Write it down on this index card." And then uh, we put all the index cards in a bucket, and then throughout the show, I will go to the bucket and pull one of those out and do whatever's on the card. Oh, nice. And um, that seems to me, uh, it works great in some venues and other venues. It's kind of like, uh, why is this happening? Why isn't this uh, guy just doing his act?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, it was kind of a, it, it's an excuse to do crowd work in an organic way where it's like you pull the card. Oh, who wrote this? Oh, I did. And I chit-chat with that person. Uh, and then I'll do the story or the question, whatever's on the card. Um, but some nights, hey, honestly, it just kind of just goes, yeah, okay, nah, that didn't work, but or or it works just fine. It's never not worked. It just kind of did fine.
1: I would imagine um, in a place like Minneapolis or Cincinnati, where you know you have the huge podcast following and following in general from having played there so many times, it would probably work better.
0: I think I did it the last time I was in Cincinnati. I'm not sure. At least I I know I did it in Bloomington. Um... You know, there's only been a few places where I didn't do it, and I'm trying to remember. Cincinnati was one of them.
1: Yeah, well, we saw you in Dayton. I think, I think I was still working in Dayton when we saw you there. So that, that's probably two years ago. So it's probably. Oh, that's that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah,
0: This was this was this was this was new for 2017, okay. uh, and I think I'll have to stick around for 18 too, because I, I do enjoy doing it, even when it, uh, is, again just is just fine. But yeah, yeah, you're right. When there's a huge podcast uh, like in Toronto. You know, it's it's a small venue, and it was heavily podcast fans, so it destroyed there. It was it was just the perfect venue for there.
1: So, do people bring up not so much uh, stage bits, but do people bring up stuff from the podcast that they remember that was? Yeah, it's mostly
0: you know, you know, stories that fall in the podcast or you know, Dirty Carson, you know, oh you know, yeah, yeah, character <laughs> I do, and, uh, but some people will, like say, uh, uh, well, hey, what about uh, you know, uh, when you went to see when you went to the Subway sh- Sandwich Shop, you know, which is off my Papa's Clown album, so. Um, which I don't do on stage really anymore, unless uh, it's requested. But um, uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's been fun.
1: Yeah, I think off the top of my head, uh, any of your record company stories are always good. Um, and uh, w- you, when you moved your mom out of the neighborhood, and all the neighbors said it said you were doing the right thing. <laughs> hey, you doing
0: the right thing, Jim. <laughs> They're coming, Jim. You're doing the
1: right thing. They're go. getting out of here just in time. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. But it's it's nice having a mom in Southern California.
0: She lives about a mile away. I just uh, she and I, uh, as I like to say, uh, Mike Pence style. I just I took mother to see mother this week. <laughs> um, we went to see that movie, and um, I still don't know what I thought of it. To be honest,
2: hmm.
1: Yeah, we see so few movies. Uh, we're not big. We're more TV people. But even at that, we have about twenty minutes at night, and then we fall asleep watching something. So, uh-huh. yeah. So it's stuff to get those sorted. And is your dad out in California too? I don't remember, or is he, No, he's
0: no, 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 he's uh, he still lives uh, on the west side of Chicago, west suburbs of uh, Chicago. There you go. And, and he comes out and visits
1: when he can. Cool. And uh, yeah. and speaking of Chicago, still a big fan. I know you were on the episode, a couple, uh, the podcast, a couple. When I was doing that, your favorite band thing, I need to do it again. I need to find some more people who are passionate about their bands and have. Yeah, them that on. was fun. Yeah. Um I remember you had lamented that you had droned on about it. I'm like, No, that's the idea. <laughs> you were supposed to do that. <laughs> no, you, you did well, your job.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't you know look, maybe I bored somebody here today. My you know my goal is never to bore anybody. I, yep. I want to be somewhat interesting even if it's you know, about the you know, the band in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I'm still no, the uh, Lord Erdogan the uh, the percussionist who was with them from Chicago six to fourteen passed away this week. Ah. Um, and um you know, the band is getting, you know, they're ever changing. I think there's only three originals left now, two horn players and uh, Lee named uh, James Panko and then Robert Lamb on keyboards. They're the only originals and other people have been there, you know, 20-something years but, you know, Jason Sheff recently left and Bill Champlin left about five, six, seven years ago and, uh, yeah, it's just been uh, Walter Perizzator just kind of retired so, there's three originals left, which is you—you know—you're really—it's like going to see foreigner.
1: You're basically yeah. seeing a cover band, but yep, same thing with the Beach Boys. They're so great. Yeah, and that's what I, why I brought that. I was reading through this Beach Boys magazine my wife bought me for my fiftieth birthday, which I'm still trudging through. But it lists all the personnel on all the albums, and uh, members of Chicago appeared on one of the albums, and I can't remember which album it was now. It must have been keep might have been keeping the summer alive. It was the one after the real Cynthia one, but I'm like, wait. Was wait. it uh,
0: the one it was—it would have been the one recorded up at Caribou Ranch in probably yes. 1974, right in that area.
1: Uh, a little later, it was after 15 Big Ones, which was '76, and then you get. It was after that. That doesn't yeah. make sense at all to me. I think so, I, because I'm going through an order of the albums, and I've already finished the rundown on 15 Big Ones and Love You, and then I think uh, keeping the summer alive or La—I think the keeping the summer alive <laughs> is next. I think that's the one that they're on. Or maybe I was flipping back through. Maybe it was one of the early ones. I don't know. But, yeah, a couple of those I guys are it was on like, it. Because
0: uh, you know, they, they were up at the, you know, because James William Gershio produced both of them at that time. And um, they were all up at the Caribou Ranch, which is why, you know, the Beach Boys performed uh, on uh, Chicago's album. and um, Oh, I did not Chicago's know that. Chicago's 7. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I've check that and out. And then they now. toured together and it was like 75. They toured together in summer 75. Yes. I have it okay. right here.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, then maybe I did they, flip back. It was maybe it was before 15 Big Ones, but after Holland. I don't know what album that would have been, but... All right, well... You know what, I'm,
0: look, yep, I'm looking at it right here. Summer of 75 is when they
1: toured together. Oh, there you go. That was right before... And I then again, again, I want to say 88. Uh, that is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to revisit that. I, I, I always forget how much I like Chicago until I go back and listen to them. Oh, in fact, I was going to treat you a picture. I was at, We were in a, 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 speaking of Dayton, we were up near Dayton at the, in this town called Yellow Springs and at, at this vintage furniture store and he's got old records. Randomly going to the 45s, pull out my favorite Chicago song, Alive Again, on a 45 on Columbia Records. How about that?
0: You know what? That just came up on my shuffle yesterday when I was day yeah, taking my run and, uh... You know, that Donnie Dacus is on guitar, that you know, that album is great That only because it was the first album after Terry Kath passed away that yes. I, I think people just wanted to, excuse, you know, just mm-hmm. dismiss it. And it's a good, that That song is in my top five Chicago songs, oh, yeah. and that whole album I think is great.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to revisit, because uh, like I said, I'm, I've been on a big 70s, and my daughter uh, is interested in the music of the 50s and the 60s all of a sudden, because her teacher used to play it. Uh, in kindergarten and she goes you know I like those songs I said I will make you a playlist it's 40 songs long now so and uh, oh I know right um, well great man it was good talking to you again I'll let you go and you got a busy schedule you've got a podcast to record uh, I do have to get to
0: it but uh, I do appreciate PF. I always appreciate the, the support nope. and the time and uh, the ink, and the uh, and the podcast uh, appearance
1: great thanks man and we'll uh, hopefully see you in Cincinnati again soon and we'll just uh, look, for, look forward to it and uh, have a great day great thanks Jimmy right, bye 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 Thanks again to Jimmy Pardo for being on the show. I did not bring uh, my computer or uh, any sheet with me to telling you when Jimmy is going to be where he's going to be. I believe he is at the Acme this week. when This podcast drops on Sunday. I think the week. No, I think it's this weekend, actually. So he will he, he will already have been uh, there and gone. But if you go to uh, his website, Just Google Jimmy Pardo or Never Not Funny. Come right up. You should get all your tour dates and things like that. And then maybe you can be lucky and catch a a live taping of his uh, podcast, Never Not Funny. He has yet to do that in Cincinnati. Uh, He needs to get that sorted. He only comes comes here to do uh, the stand-up dates. But maybe we can get him to do uh, an episode of his podcast here as well. Okay, so the song of the week is from Camila Cabello. And as I indicated in the intro, of course, she left Fifth Harmony. She did that ridiculous song with Machine Gun Kelly, also from Cleveland, by the way. kind of just reworking that fastball song um, basically and then throwing a rap on top of it and I assured everybody, I haven't tweeted this out you'll never hear from her again (laughs) and now she has a hit single out it was number 3 in the UK this week I don't think she got to number 1, I think she got knocked back a couple of spots Uh, it was at 64 in the US two weeks ago 44 last Sunday, Uh, this podcast drops on a Sunday when the new uh, US chart comes out, although I think they come out on Fridays now, but anyway, I'm sure that it's going to be in the top 20 And is uh, well on its way to the top ten, but I would—I just hate how much I love this song. Uh, This is Camila Cabello, helped out by a fellow named Young Thug, who I reckon is from Atlanta. You'll see why uh, if we get that far into the tune. But this is our song of the week. It's Camila Cabello, Havana, P.S. Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening.